You're just triggering things off in my mind there. We are our own doctors in our own group, aren't we? This building, right? You stand outside, you're a civilian, all of a sudden you're coming in, you're different. I can't explain the problem, I would like to be proud to be yeah. associated with this group. Yeah. We treat each other the same, somebody could have been through associated Evening everyone and welcome to Veterans in Crisis podcast. Today we have Steve O'Connell. Uh, Steve is ex-Royal Marines but he now runs a very successful company called Avantix. Uh, and Avantix put all the Wi-Fi and all the electrical equipment into the ERV which I am very much thankful for. Welcome Steve. Hello Jay, you alright? I am, mate. how are you? Uh a little bit nervous. Well, don't be nervous. Don't I've be heard nervous. a few of your podcasts, mate. Yeah, so. just a few. There's fucking uh, 25 online, man. Oh, I didn't listen to yours. Oh, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to them all, mate. It's terrible. Somebody said to us the other day, says, why did you fucking listen to them? You were there. And I was like, I know, but if you had a conversation last week for an hour, you wouldn't remember everything that was on it, would no, you? No, you don't. So I don't have to listen. But uh, to be honest, they're quite funny, and I enjoy listening to them. Self-praise is no praise, mate. No, well, uh, it's, normally, it's normally the guests that funny, mate, not me. <laughs> I'm just the younger, that's all. Uh, and Joe, who's not here, he's yeah. the funny one. Yeah. So, mate, born and bred in Middlesbrough? Yeah, I was uh, born in Middlesbrough, then moved to Thornaby, which is a little bit further south when I was um, two, and grew up there until I joined the Marines... Um, in 1992, um, so yeah. So what was what was Thornaby like when you were a kid? It was. We lived in a place called the Brims, and it was a brand new estate. So it was um, it was a council estate, and it was called the Colditz because it was like it was it was like the Colditz. It was surrounded by flats, and then in the centre was the houses, and all the flats were. It just continued, and it had just had little tunnels out all over the place. So right. they called it sounds lovely. Oh, it was sounds just, lovely. Yeah. Oh, mate, my childhood uh, was was um, spent trying to escape from there. Or oh, um, they started building a an estate just next door called Ingleby Barwick. It's like you know, but obviously Ingleby Barwick's quite big now, but at the time it was just fields. And me and my two brothers, Dave and Mick, we started this campaign to stop Ingleby Barwick. <laughs> From ever being built, oh mate, you've got no idea. We're just so, three of us. The three of us. Oh, we right. did quite well for so oh. long, um, but it was it was like uh, it was like Montserrat versus the Russians. We just didn't stand a chance eventually. Yeah. So, um, and how old were you when this was happening? I was probably about ten. Dave would have been twelve, and Mick would have been about eight. But we used I can't to believe that fucking campaign didn't work, mate. Oh. I can't, you know, you it had it, you had everything, you had everything there, didn't it you? Did for a bit the things we did, mate. I mean. If you're a bricky and you're listening, you're going to hate me. Or if you're a sparky, we used to go. So we'd wait until the guys would go on the uh, on the breaks on a lunchtime, and the fresh walls had just been built. They'd go for the breaks. They'd come back. There'd be no fucking wall anymore. <laughs> we just <laughs> kicked the bastard thing down, put in um, um, sugar in the JCB's engines. <laughs> uh, we would wait until the house had been fully rewired or fully wired. The plaster had been, and so it wasn't dot and dab in them days. It was browning. They'd skimmed the walls. We'd wait until it was finished, and then we'd go in and pull the twinning earth out of the wall to the ceiling height and cut it out, and then strip it back to the copper. And we made this huge ball of copper that we were going to weigh, and we were going to be millionaires, <laughs> me and Dave and Mick. And so we had this great big ball of copper, um, and after my dad had died, we went and helped my mum shift a load of stuff. And we went in the shed. There was this great big ball of copper was still. It? So we never sold it. Yeah. But the sparkies must have hated us. And the, every, the plumbers, we ripped out the copper pipes. It's fucking mental because I thought you were just seeing like... You just a burn and you had placards or something like that. Oh, no, I didn't no, realise yeah. you were just no. gone around vandalising and everything. Mick was the best one. He one <laughs> you, day. Hold on, didn't start grassing Mick up? He's no, not here, no, 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 You've no. already named him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job the busies didn't listen to this. <laughs> he was the best one. One day the brickies went on the break and him and his mate, Chris Hills, went and got... Oh, you've board. just grassed him up as well. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have aliases? <laughs> it's, it's many, many years ago now. I think you'll get away with it now. But they went and just got a load of random rocks and stuff from the field. The brickies went away. They still had all of the cement there. And then they just made this false wall on top of their wall. So they had their perfect bricks. And then they just made this great big wall and then hid in the trees and watched the brickies come back. And they were like, that. what the hell is that? So, uh, so classic. Yeah, uh, imagine if you had uh, camera phones then. 
Oh, you couldn't get Franks would be brilliant. Oh, Franks would be brilliant. I mean, you would you would tell everyone's name on the fucking camera phone anyway. Right. But the, the, you'd be YouTube sensations, mate. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm so glad I didn't grow up with them things, and I'm so glad I went through the the forces with right. phones. I mean, I left in '98, and I was so glad that the things we did. I mean, Christ, you can't even get dressed up as a woman and go ashore now. No. It's no. not allowed because civvies will take videos and yeah. they'll share them and retweet them or whatever it is they do, and it's just it's just it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that if what you do at work's up to you, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. or a Saturday night, yeah. well, you know, it's your free time. It's you free time. Laugh. You may laugh. So, the, amount, the amount of high heels I've had to replace for our last because I've see, and people say the Royal Marines is in the Navy. You know what I mean? Well, they, they pay our wages. To be fair, uh, well, and and they lend you dresses. <laughs> We have plenty of um, we have plenty of um, navy people who've been in here, but we haven't. Had, you're the first marine, oh, I think so. Yeah. I think you're the first marine. Yeah. So living on a ship. Well, in fact, we've we'll gone ahead of it. So you in Thornaby, totally ruining a fucking new estate that's being built. This is the problem. We've talked downstairs about homelessness. Yeah. It's fucking cost a year. <laughs> All them families would have been all them, all them families would have been fucking warmed. I don't forget Megan fit. Davis, well. uh, uh, and Chris Hills. <laughs> not Chris Hills, man. Poor Chris. <laughs> know what I mean, he's probably a bricky now. He got to work on the block. Like oh, fucking Chris You're Hills. Uh, I've been listening to that podcast. <laughs> so you growing up, you, you obviously you didn't stop that estate. No. Are you the only? Um, Brother that went in there or wanted to go into the forces? Aye. Not wanted to. Dave wanted to. Um, he was going through university. He wanted to join the RAF and he had aspirations to be a pilot and I think he would have pushed himself. Um, but he found out later on or in his early um, 20s he had um, hair fever. Oh, fuck me. So couldn't join up. So went on to be an electrician. Like you wouldn't think they would be here in the cockpit, would you? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> flying 100 feet above a... Uh, a field and starting sneezing. Uh, be just blank. <laughs> Your eyes all watering and that. I uh, saw, so. right, so, and uh, you were the only one who went in the Marines, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the only one who went in the force. Right. Yeah. And what, what made you pick the Marines? Uh, Couldn't get in the army. Well, I, I, it's funny that because when I walked in the careers office, I, it was the army careers office in Middlesbrough, and the navy careers office was upstairs. And uh, I actually walked in and sat in front of the army. Um, the, the the guy in the army careers office and he said yeah he says what can i do for you mate he said uh, i said oh i want to join the royal marines now at that very moment i'm now in sales if he took the opportunity and gone why do you want to join the marines so i might have ended up joining the army because i was a young 20 mm. year old and influential but he just said fuck off upstairs so. <laughs> <laughs> the navy's upstairs and them bricks with you <laughs> And the high heels, <laughs> and the dress. Oh, you definitely want to be upstairs, mate. <laughs> you got your bag from next there with uh, you women's clothing. Yeah. Oh, definitely upstairs, uh, mate. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, the, what really made me want to join the... Um, it's funny because I actually wanted to join the Army Air Corps. And I went to see my dad, and my dad said, I, I want to... Well, I said to my dad, I want to join the, uh, the Army, Dad. I want to fly helicopters. And I did. I, I genuinely had a, a passion for it. And even when I joined the Marines, I did. And he said, uh, you're not joining the Army, son. I says, why not? He says, well, they put me in the fucking light infantry. No, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking died to get that in, did you? <laughs> can't even put that, I'm not finished with you um, So he said, your name's O'Connell. I says, right. He says, the first thing they'll do, send you to Northern Ireland. When you get off the boat, they'll be waiting for you. He says, join the Royal Marines. I says, all right. I said, uh, what do they do like that? He says, they'll look after the Queen's son. He says, that's what they'll do. All right, okay. So I looked into it and I thought, ah, looks, that looks canny. And the Royal Marines fly helicopters as well. You can get to a corporal, can you fly links or gazelle hel- helicopters. Um, so that's what the reason was. I actually joined the Marines. So first did portion you? was Northern Ireland as well. And did you get on a boat? <laughs> 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 Fucking <twice>. dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you do quite well at school? No. So what made you think they were going to give you a helicopter to fly? Because... You only had to get, and the same in the Army Air Corps at the time, you only had to get to corporal, so you only had to be a, a, a corporal, and then you could apply for the position. Right. Now, you could be an officer, or you could be a corporal, um, and it's one of the reasons I put me chitting, one of the reasons I left, because about three years into my career, they changed that you had to be a commissioned officer instead of a non-commissioned officer. Right. Um, so I thought, there's the only my only, I looked into it, the only thing I could do, I couldn't go corps commission, I would have had to have left, 
served my four and a half years, left, rejoined as an officer, gone through the full, full 32 weeks, well, probably a little bit longer for an officer, gone through the full training again, and then apply for it that way. And I just thought, yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Um, so, yeah. So, what did you think of your training then? Uh, <coughs> tough, as you would imagine. Um, first time I saw grown men cry, I'll be honest. Because it is hard. Oh, I don't know them high heels nipped a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and as for them thongs. Um, but no, it's it's it was... I joined up with 32 guys and 11 of us passed out. And every one of them... Actually, one of the hardest things I did was something called the Potential Recruits course, which is three days of trying to weed out civvies that think they want to be bootnecks. Mm. Um, and most of them are not going to make it. And I think there was about 20 an hour course and three of us passed. It was really hard to get in. I'm sure it is now. Mm. Um, and then when we joined up, it was tough to get through. Um, mentally, mentally exhausting. I mean, th- they knew how to break you, and they would break you on a daily basis. You know, you were getting up at four or five o'clock, going to bed late on a night, physically wrecked. You had to have four or five meals a day just to be able to get the calories for the physical exercise you were doing. You weren't allowed to walk anywhere. You ran everywhere it was fizz all day then there was things like the endurance course and the commando course you were training to do um and but it was very mentally draining as well learning what you had to do in 32 weeks looking back and even when i look now at my uh a booklet that i that, that i still have of everything that you you had to ta- be taught from field craft first aid navigation um how to get the rifles out of shit all of them things you had to do you know it it, it was a lot to take in right did you, um, how did you manage, and I don't know what the correct name is, but it's the rope across, yeah. and then you, you'd hang down, uh-huh. and then you've got to flick your leg over. Yeah. Did you manage doing that? Or yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, it, it, it what was, is that name? Um, oh, you forgot as well. Will kill us. It was 22 years ago, man. And my fact, it was about 27 years ago. It was the, um, oh, I forget, but it was a technique. Aye, aye. Once you learn the technique, it was like climbing a 30-foot rope. That was just a technique. Mm. It was it was daunting. And if somebody said climb that rope, you probably couldn't do it once they taught you the technique. And I think that was everything about the corps and everything about the forces um, and everything about the British forces were trained well. And it's not a case of you, you, you have to do something, just get on with it. It's right, guys, this is how you do it. I mean, my training, week one, I was taught how to wash. How to we we spoke about that in here, like uh, oh, we spoke about that in here, and and and, and, and like <laughs> fucking hell, it's a bit weird. Obviously, you being from Middlesbrough, it wouldn't have been weird. Yeah, well, but a grown a grown bloke coming in, tapping his cock, getting uh, his cock out, and saying, "This is how you wash uh, your eye and your foreskin." You were like, "Hold on, I'm only in the nuffy." Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted a fucking twix. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was you you and and I think that's what. Made it. it, um, it made it. That's what made it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. That, when I ask you, hi, when I ask you your best bits, that, that's that's it. <laughs> You've done it. That's it. I've peaked too soon, I know. Uh, <laughs> so did he. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think uh, it was it was it was about the training. Aye. Um, and and so it was under a tank of water or over a tank of water, and I was in the tank of water plenty of times, as mm. the whole troop was. Often in your number ones or your number twos, because that's what they did. The beast said you're in there, and then you have to go back and and, and get yourself dobied and get your kit your kit clean for the next day. Can I ask? Uh, and the, this is certainly a stupid question, but so we had a lass called Sam, who she was in the marine. Uh, she was in the navy, mm. and then. We were talking about she. I think she slept out a couple of times. I think X more something like that. And the Marines were with her, and uh, she says, "Oh, they were all there uh, lying in their body bags, right?" But obviously, to us, they're called bivy bags. Mm. And I said, "I think you're mistaken." And she went, "No, no, the Marines call them body bags." And I was saying, "Well, have they not just told you that?" So what is is that what Marines call them body bags or do you call them bivy bags? No, no? bivy bags. Aye. So I, I, I fucking said to her. Aye. I said to her. Aye. So fuck you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> aye. I fucking we we all of us discussed it and we're all were saying in the gunners. It's fucking bivy bags. Aye. No. Body bags is what you put dead bodies in. Aye. And unless they were dead, I don't no. think it was them. No. No. I mean, we had our own lingo. Aye. Definitely wasn't body bags. Well, that's what I like about the gunners. People say stuff and instantly. 
you can see people turn around and they remember that. You know, just some stupid word, you know. Aye. I mean, the other day I got, I got wrong off somebody for saying Mong, but Mong, <laughs> Mong, but like Mong isn't like a derogatory thing, you know. Like you, you say that if you fucked up, you know yeah. what I mean? Aye. You know, and like only squaddies understand that, you know. It, it, yeah, it's a different language and a different banter. Mm. You know, the, the, what we got away with talking about and joking about and laughing about, you mm. just. And that's one thing I don't. That's one thing that even 22 years on, I still find hard not being able to have that banter. Why do you think I built this in my head? <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can have a laugh. <laughs> uh, uh. It's great though, isn't it? Because like I say, you could be you could be in a pub or something and you would know if there was some squaddies in yeah. just by walking past the table and hearing what they're saying. Uh. Little words, you know. Yeah. And there's no wrong with that man, you know. <laughs> I understand political correctness, but sometimes you should be able to say what you want. Like, yeah, and I think it's it's not having any malice in what you say. No, no, is the big difference. You know, so you might say something, somebody might say that's sexist, that's ageist, that's racist. Well, actually, do you know, it, it, there's a difference between having a laugh with your mates, mm. you know, and 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 uh, and being sexist or racist. Mm. Or, 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 I mean, one of my mates, Chaz, he's got a big nose that doesn't make me conquest because I used to <laughs> piss out of his nose all the time or Titch is the size of a rare you know a, oh, well, let's a, not bring a, a hobbit let's not bring foot and size in it man <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not sizes but you, it, it, me I'm, I'm as blind as a fucking coot you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that's uh, the way you're dressed <laughs> um, but it's true I, I used to used to call me Mr McGoo and, and that didn't didn't bother me. Nah. But if I turn up to somebody in the office and call them Mr. McGo, Christ. Oh, good. good. You'd be on a fucking water. I know. Uh, <laughs> Just because you own the company doesn't mean you can't uh, get a water, mate. Uh, no. My brother owns the other half. Uh, he's, he's the HR manager. So he? Oh, <laughs> oh, no. He's my bigger brother as well. well oh, so. fucking after what he did to them walls. <laughs> <laughs> he's the HR manager. I used to strip all them wires out. He's an electrician now. That's where he learned his trade, uh, isn't it? Uh, Bastard. So uh, training, it's obviously really hard. My nephew is was a marine; he's left now, and I went to his past now parade and mm. that, and I watched some videos and stuff. And obviously, I've seen things on the telly. And it looks really, really hard, like really, mm. really hard. Yeah. And uh, I mean, everyone we have in training's hard for everyone because mm. whatever you've gone through personally, it is hard anyway, isn't it? Yeah. But the likes of uh, we had a guy in last week who did P company, right? And obviously, your training the basically regarded as the toughest yeah. you know the toughest two things like yeah, yeah. no it uh, it was but you, you it was hard but I still remember at the end I mean I had a, a corporal George Dorby um, and he was a cunt sorry Purge my daughter was going to be listening to this but he was a absolute ass. but at the end I thanked him I thanked him mm. because I knew that I'd earned my green lid you know there's one occasion where um we were about six weeks in, and we got our rifles. I was over the moon. Got me SC80. I thought, oh, soldier now. Oh, that's it. I, <laughs> that's I'm it, done. Uh, See, uh, where's, uh, it, where's <laughs> the Iranian embassy? <laughs> so we went down the bottom field, and we're doing, you know, weapons handling, weapons training. He taught us the marksmanship principles. He was being dead canny. First time he'd been nice to us, and we thought that's all it took. We only had to get our rifles, fuck's it. <laughs> and he's been nice to us. So it was like, uh, right, write these down, guys. Marksmanship principles. And, you know, the shot should be released mm. and, and all that. And we're writing them down and we're having a bit of a crack with them. So, oh, this is it. We've made it now, guys. It's just now about mm. techniques. Um, went back to the grots next day. Weapons back down the bottom fields. Right, first, line is up. You, first rifle, the first um, marksmanship principle. None of us had learned it. He didn't tell us to mm. learn it. Um, and he was like, right, you don't know it. Get up on the, on the um, fruit bat. So they had, like, metal bars across the top of the building because it was an open roof. We had to hang with full kit on, 22 pounds of webbing rifle, and just hang on there until we'd all repeated. None of us ever could, but we all had no skin on our face oh, by the time we finished. And that's how tough it was. But at the end, 11 of us made out of 33, and I knew I'd earned that green lid, and I knew every man around me was going to be mm. able to start out. I, I could trust them in any situation, and there was very few people, by one or two, through my whole career that I didn't have that same respect for because I knew that they'd gone through that same train and that same... Uh, Are you in, uh, still in touch with anyone from training? Uh, not from training, uh, not so much, but from from 
battalion. From the, from a time in the Marines, I am. I mean, my best mate Chaz, he lives in Washington. Um, That's what the seas knows from me, man. I know. <laughs> we used to we used to love going out on a boat. We didn't take paddles. It was just um, so yeah, there's quite a few of them, and some of them went off the radar. There's one guy went off the radar recently. Facebook. I mean, it's great. I'm not a big fan of Facebook, mm. but it's great for keeping in touch. And one of the lads went off the radar, but it was it was great that everybody's like, "Where is he? Is mm. he okay?" And when he came back on, just that camaraderie about getting back together and is everything being all right? And you, well, I've been through a bit of crap, and and just getting back together, you know. And, and, and it's nice to, to to actually meet up as well. So about every year we try and and meet up, but that's that's messy. That's messy. It is great. I've yeah. just been on a. I've just been to Tenerife with lads I did my training with in 1986. Really? Oh, seven of us. Fucking hell, man. Oh, uh, that, that four days in Tenerife was harder than the year's training oh. I did. <laughs> I fucking tell you. It's <laughs> it was great. really mental. Like, great. You, just, uh, you just morph back to that person you were. The, the strange. The proper, lingo comes yeah. out. It's funny when I was coming down, I, I nipped home and I had, a, had, a, uh, had something to eat. And I just went back into it, like the, the lingo, because I knew I was coming here. Uh. But, uh, our last is like... Uh, you see, you, um, I'm, like, I'm going for a doby shower. Okay. And I'm having some scran rather than some food. Uh, and it just all comes back, you know uh, what I mean? And, uh, she's uh, like, have you went mental? <laughs> what are you about? Hold up, was that a doobie you've gone for? <laughs> Good times, man. Talking about big noses, have you ever seen that uh, programme about... Um, it's just started on, I think, Amazon Prime, about uh, the Jew... Jew people and chasing the Nazis. No, it's fucking brilliant, man. No, it's proper good. Like the Jew people, I, <laughs> yeah, I, they, they gone round, mate. The 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 hunt Nazis that got sent to America after the war. All right, fucking really, yeah, really I good. I mean, I know I've went totally off thingy there, like, yeah. but I look forward. Right, I've, I started. What do you must have been? What day are we now? Thursday. I must have started at Monday, and I'm up to episode nine. Tonight when I get in, every morning I wake up and I think, what time do you think I'll finish work so I can watch another one? <laughs> we, we're getting off early there. <laughs> hi, hi. So let's wrap, wrap it in there. Huh? <laughs> it's really good. Watch it. Yeah, Hunt, uh, Hunters on uh, Amazon Prime. Right. Al Pacino, isn't it? That's yeah. good. Anyway, back to, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> I don't know why I started talking about that. It's because you talked about big noses. It's just been boring the fuck out. It's because you started talking about big noses, man. <laughs> So where was your, what I normally ask everyone is where was your your favourite person, right? Or your most, and your most memorable sort of thing that you did? Probably my favourite person <laughs> was um, Northern Ireland, because it's probably the closest I got to doing my job. Mm, same as um, me, yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, I joined in 92, left in 98, um, and 93, 94... So I was still fairly fresh, two year, two and a half years in. Um, went to Northern Ireland, got posted to South Armagh, based in Besbrook. So Besbrook Mill. Yeah, Besbrook Mill, and uh, so I went to, I went all over South Armagh. Oh, plenty um, of helicopters there yeah, for you. Yeah, these fucking helicopter watching. Uh, yeah, we used to love winding the pilots up. Uh. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I loved that because it was I was being a soldier. I was doing what I uh, what I joined to do. And that was, you know, get out on the ground and and, and do my job. And um, I had a, 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 a lance corporal that was our our two IC, and he took me under his wing. Um, great guy, a guy called uh, Matthew Wild Goose Goose, coolest name ever. Um, he got bollocked once for using the name Wild Goose because they, 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 uh, they thought it was his nickname. But he took me under his wing in Northern Ireland, and 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 I, I loved that post and because it was the closest mm. I got um, to doing my job. Um, I think that's what you join for, isn't it? that type of experience. I think, yeah, uh, infantry don't join, sit on their ass. No. You do spend too long doing that, mm. and you don't realise it when you're there, when you're in the in the army or the marines or or, or whatever that you're doing these repetitive things because it's training. And you're getting good at it, and mm. you think, God, how well, how long, how many times do I have to do an ambush routine, or how long do I have to do? Um, uh, fire control orders or whatever it is, but it's because you're training to be the best, mm. and to, you know, as, as the British forces are. Um, but you get bored, and nothing's happening. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of guys leave. And I mean, I left in '98 because there was nothing happening. You know, nothing. You know, the Twin Towers hadn't happened. Mm. Iraq hadn't kicked off. Uh, Afghan hadn't kicked off. So 
myself and most of the guys who left at the same time left because I didn't join to do this. I joined to do see some action. Mm. Um, and to be brutally honest, if I hadn't been married with a kid when it did kick off, I'd have been straight back in. Oh, aye. You know, um, but yeah, that, that is. But the, the 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 probably the best thing I did, or the best post I did, or the best uh, trip was Montserrat in oh, uh, right. in the Caribbean islands. Fucking Went out there to uh, sounds uh, kind of oh, Tell you what, mate. Um, we just I was on um, we were on um, standby. I was on leave, but we were on standby to, to go anywhere in the world. And uh, got the phone call. You've got to get back to to Plymouth. So I drove down to Plymouth, and sure enough, you're off to Montserrat. I think Joe and Annie, this 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 is a this is great. So. Got on the back of a C one thirty. The C one thirty had a so huge what's a C one thirty? Transport plane. Okay. Hercules. All right. Hi. Um, so they had this engine they were transporting to the Caribbean for for a ship. It was a Rolls Royce engine, huge thing. So we were s- squeezed in the back of the C one thirty and flown to um, Canada and then down to to Montserrat. But we had about um, four weeks there just setting up. Um, an area in case the volcano kicked off because that's why we were going. The volcano in Montserrat was going to kick off, so Plymouth was right underneath the volcano, but north of the island was a bit derelict. So we had a load of tents that the American army had uh, donated, and we were setting up the tents, getting emergency routes sorted, and that. And uh, but, but it was just great to be there doing that humanitarian type thing in such a beautiful place. Um, but we got lots of time off because there's nothing mm. really to do. You're waiting for a volcano to erupt. Did it um, erupt? Not while we were there. It was funny, we got there the first night, and uh, we had to stop in the cricket ground underneath the mountain. Um, so the Montserrat cricket ground. We're all there in our tents. One of the lads looks up and goes, shit, it's erupting. And we could see the top of the volcano glowing. And so with all these bootnecks start going, shit, it's erupted and start getting ready. So we start packing our kit up and that. And the locals are just looking at us. If to say, Fuck. And we're thinking these guys are cool as cool as mustard. These are not doing anything. And we're flapping, thinking the volcano's going off. It was only the moon coming up behind us. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, lads. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, get your shit together. Uh, look, play it cool. I played uh, cool. Play cricket? <laughs> no, I mean, in the uh, moonlight. Uh, <laughs> well, we've got half subs as well, which was like 75 quid a day. So the locals were, were loving that because we were having barbecues on the beach right. every day and you know strawberry daiquiris and so it was actually well, there you were it, it was it was it was um, it was great um, and then after that we went to um, Anguilla because just before we left a hurricane came through the Caribbean islands and na- knocked Anguilla up so we flew there and helped them do some um, more tents not so much that was more chopping up trees that were on top of houses <laughs> so <laughs> trying to help them uh, rebuild the the community uh, yeah. that's that's reward and that kind of work yeah. isn't it yeah no. we never did anything like that like i never did any like humanitarian kind of stuff but that, that is kind of reward not like. uh, so that was your your favorite place where was your worst or what or what was your worst like posting posting or yeah i don't think i had any because i think uh, we, we did norway a lot so i did four norways i did one norway with a broken leg did you uh, up there, like? i um fell down a Fucking high heels in the snow, man. It's <laughs> no good, man. I didn't actually break it in Norway. I broke it back home. I used to live in Sedgefield and I fell down a, a pothole and snapped my leg. And I, when I went back to camp, I says, oh, yeah. I says, I can still go to Norway, for God's sake. I can clean up the galley if I have to. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, went and just did uh, admin duties out there. And But uh, but no, I didn't, don't think I had a bad post. I mean, the hardest thing or the worst thing I did was probably training. Aye. Because it was tough, as we've already said. Um Zimbabwe was great, you know. I mean, I don't know why the hell I left. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm, I'm starting to think I might join up. Belize, okay, Brunei, uh, Zimbabwe, you know. Right. Uh, I, I probably spent six months of the year out of the country. I mean, that's one good thing. You always on a boat? No, no, rarely. Um, you, you would go on them sometimes. Um, you used to have some troop ships um, called um, Sir Galahad Tristram, and they're all named after like the Knights of the Round Table, but they were horrible things. They were merchant navy ships, and they were shitty little things. You know, four in a four bunk bed, mm. not four in a bunk bed. I <laughs> <laughs> was only on Saturday night. Four bunk beds against the wall that were like sort of folded back to be. And, 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 and I have a piss tree in. 
Vodka on some see and then when I looked at her and she was like, What are you looking at? I was like, I thought it's like it's, it's a normal I've a piss tree, like uh, see, in, in the army you didn't have pisses, you just piss on people underneath. You <laughs> know what I mean? We weren't we weren't forward thinking. Uh, Put something underneath to catch the piss. Yes, the person underneath, that's the first open the mouth. Right? <laughs> but yeah, so um so yeah, being on them wasn't very nice, like I think that was uh, that was shitty being on them just they were like they were like sweat boxes. Oh, it doesn't sound. It doesn't yeah. appeal to me. I went on a, a boat when I was in the Falklands uh, just for a look around, mm. and the, the same sort of crack, just the bunk beds and uh, anywhere to put your clothes. I, I know you don't need clothes because you fucking that sea, but you know I like to have bits and pieces and yeah. trainers and stuff. And oh, it's fucking not for me at all. Like yeah. I've got a just got a client who's a was a submariner, like and, I was ta- and Sam said, oh they didn't wash the clothes. They have to burn everything when they come back and stuff. And I, I asked him. You know, because she's fucking wrong about the air. Uh, <laughs> oh, the body bags. Body bags. You <laughs> know what I mean? So she's giving Duff Jen out all over the place here. So I asked him, and he was like, no, no, you wash them, uh, but it's really, they still stink. Because uh-huh. you're washing them, sort of really hand washing and stuff. And he says, you're fling them away when you come out. Everything gets burnt, like. Because uh-huh. you've had six months being under there. Just stinking. Fuck. I, that's one thing I couldn't have been like. No. One of the lads I worked with was a submariner, like. But, uh, nah. What do you work with now? Aye. Aye. Uh, there's quite a few ex-forces lads work with us. Right. So there's, uh, there's an ex-bootneck, ex-submariner. Um, we've got some guys ex-army. So. Uh, you, I put you on the the bronze. Did you get the bronze? We did. Well, do, have yeah. you put in for the silver? Not yet. I don't think we'd, we'd meet the criteria. But I think you might. Mm. Silver, uh, you've got till uh, next month. Have we? I'll give you the link if you want. I right, send it across. I mean, and I say no. Well, yeah. Maybe good man will have be... Uh, We'll go down and pick them up together. There's like a uh, there's like a uh, ceremony that where they give you and you have a dinner and stuff. All right. All right. So we'll go down together. Get some free scrum. All right. And Plus. drink. All right. Be kind of. I get it. Get it on it, man. Get on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, they, they, they want more people to put in for them. I think it's important that employers do. It fucking right. For it, it is. All right. And it, it's not just not that it's just a badge or it's a it's another another thing to shout about or, or, or get work from it. It is about support. And yeah. Squaddies. I mean, we're big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've had you send us CVs yep. and we keep them on record. Yep. And if we we can, we will support the guys. I the mean, when when ex- when ex- uh, when you did this building, obviously you sorted this whole building out. You yeah. know, I did a great deal for us to properly look after us. You sent some lads to do some work, and one lad knew one of the clients. Uh-huh. Fucking unbelievable! He served with them. So he was exposed uh, as well. Uh-huh. It was unbelievable. Uh-huh. I served with them. You know, and 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 I remember. The shit charity I worked for before. <laughs> um, Shush, that's one of my other customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got talking to a couple of lads. We sorted us out there as well. Uh, and uh, a couple of lads, um, the ex forces. Mm. So you must have a few on your books. Well, like I say, I mean, the thing is, the ex squaddies, the 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 worth ethics there, yeah. the graft, and they don't. I'm not knocking anybody who works for me. Mm. Um, I'm not. I've got a good bunch of lads and 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 great team. But what I do find from ex-forces guys is they don't come to you and say, I've got a problem. They come to you and say, just letting you know, we had a problem, mm. but what we did was this, 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 and we sorted yeah. it, and it, and it's uh, and it's fine. Mm. And and that is that is just something that's inherent in guys mm. that, and, that have, and girls that have been out and, and, and in the forces. Uh, and I think it's great that the employers like yourself do that. Mm. You Because know, the squaddies have got loads of transferable skills. You know, people think, ah, fucking just because you're going around shooting people. Uh-huh. You know, there's things, but, you know, the the stuff you've learnt, like, the the majority is good. I'm not going to say all, but always 10 minutes early for anything. You know what I mean? Always 10 minutes early. Uh, time management, things like that, because you've got to be good, you know. you if you if Especially if you're in the field, you've got to pack your kit up, you've got to get washed, you've got to have your breakfast. Got, all that's got to be done really quickly. Yeah. You know, all that. And, and you... I'm not going to say everyone, but you very, very rarely get people taking time off work, people being late for work. Yeah. So you, you don't have that because that, that's built into you. Yeah. You know? And, and it is right through training, right through. Mm-hmm. It's knocked out you if you've got it. Uh, or if you haven't got it, it's knocked out you. If, it, if you don't get it knocked out you, you don't make it through training. No, you wouldn't, would you? Um, you know? Yeah. And then the great life lessons. Mm. I mean, I joined when I was 16. So really, everything I learned sort of modelled my whole life the way I try to live my life anyway, you know what I mean? So I'd, that's one of the, the best things I would think that came out of me joining the forces, mm. you know, the, like the, the life lessons I learned. Yeah. You know, because I think 
because I came from a big family, but everyone was sort of left then. So I was at home. My parents were quite old for me being 16. You know, I, I wouldn't have got them kind of experiences if I'd stayed at home, if yeah. that makes sense, you know. And I don't know if I would have been the same person. Mm. So I, I do appreciate what the army did there. Yeah. I mean, there's fucking loads of shit stuff I've done in the army, like. Mm. You know what I mean? But Yeah, and I, and I think there's some people that are made for the forces. Mm. Um, I mean, I look at some kids and, and I, I've got to say I'll include my my sixteen year old son, um, I look at him and I think you know it is you 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 you've got something about you that you you would do well in the forces, yeah. because in Civvy Street I think you'd do okay. I think you'd do well. I mean I'm I'm, I'm proud of all my kids, um, all three of them are going to do well. But my sixteen year old son, he's you can just see there's something about him and he'll he'll do well in the forces because he's he's got that thing about him. And he's and he's got that sixth sense of humour as well. That's so that's, that's he's in. He's in. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> does he, does he fancy it, or are you just going to say what you want to do is join the fucking marines? No, he's he's. I mean, I will ask. He'll hate me for saying this because she doesn't want any of my kids to join the forces. Yeah. Most mums don't. Well, you wouldn't. Um, would but I'll be proud of whatever any of them mm. do. Um, but yes, we've talked. So. I never really talked a lot about being in the Marines. There was books lying around. I wouldn't tell too many stories for the reason mm. I want them to make their own decisions. Um, but he's always, since he was quite young, really fancied the forces. You know, he, he not necessarily just the Marines. You know, he's talked about the army. Um, in which case, I'll disown him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he's he's. Uh, I think there's just something about the character that he is, and I think he'll he'll, he'll fit quite well. Um, within within the forces, it is know? a certain character in it. Yeah. It, it is. It's yeah. weird because you, you, when you sit and say the gunners are in here, it's strange to have all them characters have the same sort of traits. Yeah, you know, and it, 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 I know you learn stuff when you join the forces, but I think that that must be something in you anyway. Mm. You have to be fucking mental to want to go somewhere and get shot like that yeah. anyway, didn't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is the characters as well. It's it's not even a personality trait. So all of my mates are all different in so many different ways, but they've all got the sixth sense of humour. They've all got the that banter. They've all got the camaraderie. They'll all do anything for you. you know, there's no such thing as one person being in trouble yeah. in the forces. No. And that's one thing I miss about it. I mean, I've got lots of civvy mates, but I still don't feel as comfortable as when I'm sat in front of a room full of squaddies mm. or full of bootnecks. Or, because you can say things and do yep. things that, that people just, it doesn't, they don't bat an eyelid. Yeah, it doesn't faze anybody. Nah. It doesn't faze yeah. anybody. And we have uh, quite a lot of uh, females, like ex uh, ex army and ex uh, navy and RAF, and it's great because they don't bat an eyelid either. Yeah. Whereas if someone say because we have people, different people coming doing talks and stuff, now if a civilian woman comes in, people seem to cut the language. In the thing, but right. when when the squirry lasses are there or the navy, you know, it's Gloves just as, it's just as bad, you know. Uh, and that, that, well, that's a, that well, that's a good thing. I want everyone to feel comfortable, uh-huh. you know. Nobody nobody saying anything racist. Anybody's being horrible to anyone, you know, uh-huh. or, or bullying or anything like that. It's just a laugh. Everyone uh-huh. gets shit. I mean, I get shit all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, wait till you come. Wait till you come. Oh, then, uh, right, I definitely will. I don't think we've. Uh, have we had a Royal Marine come in there? I'm not sure we have, you know. You this is this is bigging the Royal Marines up, like, because this means they're never in crisis <laughs> and they look after their own shit, isn't it? <laughs> well, everybody else but not Marines. They used, they used to call me the peacemaker when I was in, because wherever I went, there was a ceasefire called. So I went to, I went to Northern Ireland, they called a ceasefire. I went to Montserrat, the, uh, the volcano decided not to erupt. That was, was the moon. Uh-huh. That was the moon. <laughs> was the moon. <laughs> um, and we were supposed to go to Zaire um, when it all kicked off over there. Um, when the rebels took a load of civvies and then they heard that the Brits were coming along and they released them all, I was gutted. They, I knew we were going because the issue is our junglies. I mean, you knew it was serious mm. when they give you your junglies because yeah. it was like they didn't like you having them because you just proffed them. Uh, Whoever's junglies back, nah. <laughs> Go them, they're, they're, they're waterproofs then you're giving me back. <laughs> they're your rubber waterproofs. Nah, nah, nah. You're not having my junglies. Well, if, you got, if you hadn't got out, then Tony Blair wouldn't have sent us into a phony war. No. You know what I mean? If you just stayed, you would have stopped all that, wouldn't you? Mate. We would be, be at peace. Uh, it would be a, a, a petrol would be cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Diesel be all right. You know, all this wouldn't would have wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, I'm I'm assuming you, you you really enjoyed your time, but it was boring at the end. Mm. Right. So what 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 made you? What was your final decision? Did you just time up thing and write? That's it. I think it started with the fact that they changed it so that um, 
non-commissioned officers couldn't fly, yeah. trained to be helicopter pilots. But I think the big thing was, I mean, I got sent to 4-5 Commando, which is our broth up in Scotland, and I've got nothing against the Scots, but we weren't welcome there. Mm. There's a, a big old air base full of uh, a 1,000 Royal Marines every Friday night hitting the their little town, and you just you weren't welcome there. And it, it was a bit grim. Some of the lads like four or five. I went up to uh, a very good friend's uh, top table who was leaving recently, and he loved it. He didn't want to be anywhere but four or five commando. Um, but it was a bit grim, and and the fact that nothing was happening, as I say, I didn't join the Royal Marines to to sit on a camp and learn to do the same old mm. thing over and over again. And the postings were great, and I enjoyed them, but it just I think I was getting to a stage where it was time to move on in life. I was 28 year old. I start thinking about maybe um, getting a family, and and I didn't plan. I didn't leave to plan that, but I figured I need to to look at what my next challenge was going to be. And I didn't know what that was. I left with nothing. You know, I was anti tank trained. If if, mm. if anybody had any uh, bother with tanks, <laughs> I was your man. Uh, in Middlesbrough, well, that's true. Can't see Steve. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bloke down the road's got a tank. Can't see Steve. We'll sort it out. T seventy two down the road there. I, I'll take it out for you, mate. Um, but now there was just there was just no interest there anymore, um, and I think it got repetitive. Nothing was happening. My career path that I joined up to to follow was never going to happen. Um, I got a little bit angry about the the Marines. I, I actually started to um, get a little bit uh, pissed off with the fact that it wasn't going the way mm. I wanted to, and I started to I remember I left and I sold everything that I had that was green. Aye. I didn't want to wear green anymore. You fucking jacked it, I, 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 I got over it. Mate. <laughs> I, see, I'm, I'm just talking about the door with that put something green on Aye. as well. <laughs> I put my desi boots on as well. <laughs> yeah, especially for you, too. Dusted them off and put them on especially for you. It's, uh, but yeah. Um, I, I think it was just it was time to move on. So, what did you do when you first left them? Did you I, find transition all right? Still haven't, mate. Mm. But some people do it. It's, it's some people don't it, man. I, I have um, initially. I think because I just threw myself into what I was doing. So um, I met my wife uh, at my mate's leaving do. I was still in at the, the time. I was serving. I, I, I had a couple of months left to do, um, and I met my wife there. Um, I did a resettlement course in um, data cabling, which is what I sell now. Mm. Um, and I got a job with a company called Cornex in Bolden that my mate had gone, Charles, who I've mentioned, he joined the same time as me, left the same time, done the same resettlement course, and I followed him there. But I met my wife um, at his leave and do, and um, within a year we were married with a kid in a house. And that's, my life was just 90 mile an hour mm. after that, you know. Um, so I threw myself at things, and I've never been um, in a position where I've, I've been able to sort of not to, or, or feel that the transition hadn't happened. But um, because I was so busy, but I think um, I think the transition is 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 tough mm. um, for a lot of people, and and certainly even now I find it hard to. To, to be in Civvy Street mm. because it's a different, different mentality. It's, different, it's a better mentality because you feel comfortable, you can be who you want to be mm. without getting frowned upon, without getting looked at the wrong way, without saying mm. something and people say, do you really fucking say that? And I'd get, I'd get around <laughs> for that all the time. People say to me, you said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking no. Did you, you just thought that? Oh, right? Did right. you think you just thought so that? I, I find a lot of the time I just don't, and dog, right. you know, because I don't want to say. No, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're not doing that tonight. It's <laughs> been a one shit podcast, isn't it? Yeah, so. so obviously you you into that uh, data cabling. So how did uh, Vanex come about? Myself and my brother. Um, so Dave worked with the same place as me, and um, we both did a course called uh, CCNA, which is a, a network type course. And we went to see our employers and said we want to do this course and push our business forward. Um, yeah, okay, then so we did it on our own back in our own time and we paid for the course and they said we'll use that qualification to push to push this business into the next level. It was a two year course, about a year in, me and Dave felt we were in a position now to, to do that. Went to see the bosses and said, Look, this is what we're ready to do this and they went, You know what it is, guys, we're not gonna take that direction. So our our time was wasted on this course and we still had a year to go. So we used that year to plan our own business. Um and figured that if we start our own business we can um, you know, do what we wanted to do, but we're in charge mm. of our own destiny. And um, 
So that's how it started off, yeah. yeah. In a, a wet port cabin down in Teesside, working for somebody else, we decided. Dave said, fuck off, I'd rather start a uh, <laughs> sell socks on South Shields Market. <laughs> so, um, and even to this day, we joke about that, and he says, you know, yeah. this, we still should have fucking sold socks. Socks, eh? everyone needs socks, <laughs> mate. Indeed, you know indeed. what I mean? Everyone yeah. needs socks. Yeah. Had the mills maybe just one, <laughs> but everyone needs socks. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it, it's been a, I'm not going to big you up too much, but it's been a success, hasn't it? It is. A success. Yes. Um, now, because we've got a great team behind us and we've worked very, very hard. First, to, I, I mean, if anybody said to me, I want to start my own business and I want to do well, I'd say, right, take the next 10 years and just forget about them mm. 10 years. Just wipe them out. Tell your kids you're not going to see them. Tell your mm. wife you're not going to see them. Tell them Saturdays and Sundays aren't weekends anymore. Yeah. It's just another working day. Days start at 6 o'clock and finish at 8 o'clock. So it's really hard. And there's times when we nearly failed. And there's times that I think that if me and Dave didn't have each other, we would have failed because we wouldn't have been yeah. strong enough to get through it on our own. It's character building, isn't it? It, it has it's been, it has right. been, but it's it's hard. It's very hard um, to, to do that. But we, it is a success now. I mean, we employ 60 people, yeah. we turn over £6 million, um, and we've got some great clients. You yeah, know. Well, Sunland Football Club. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, I mean, that's fucking brilliant. It's the yeah, advertised there, you know. It's, it's For me, that's if, if I could have one thing, I would have... Vicks advertised on the thing on, th- on I because one of the best things that well I would me pers- for me personally the best thing that's happened in for Vicks is that put it on the big screen uh, put the logo on the big screen and uh, for me being a Sunderland fan that, that's uh, just fucking amazing like considering you know really good but I know what you mean about it's there isn't weekends there isn't like my working day as, as soon as I wake up I'm on my phone doing emails or whatever mm-hmm. And then I'm dating that at twelve o'clock at night. You know, yeah. it, it's fucking constant. I mean, and it's, it's really now. hard. Uh, it is better for me now and for Dave because we do have such a good team. But that mm. was the that was the turning point, getting a good team behind us um, and getting the good people behind us to to do them jobs. Because you'll never. It's the hardest thing letting go. Yeah. And you let go, and somebody doesn't quite do as good a job mm. as you. But you've got to be true. You've got to trust mm. them, and you've got to let them let, let, just get on. We have a, a brilliant team. I'm not just saying this because Joe, who's not there, yeah. but Joe um, from Tile Image, you know, all this kind of stuff, he organises all this, helps us with the Facebook, all the media stuff, the videos, he did a brilliant documentary, you know, brilliant, you know, that uh, that's what's drove it forward, the media yeah. part of it. Mm. And this, I love doing this, you know. But I have good volunteers who help us with all sorts, of good sort of um, two directors, you know, and I've, I've so I like being around people that are positive. Yeah. I, I fucking cannot stand people that are negative. Like you know, because you come to work, and I want to be happy all the time. I hear horrible stories all day long, and I don't want to hear that from people who I'm working with. Yeah. You know, I like as it comes from the clients. I don't want to have negativity like put on us. Right. You know, it's too much. It's too much. No, and it's 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 great what you guys do. I mean, it's clo- I think you need to go national. Uh, I, I know you don't want to. No, I at the minute I do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, some people from Essex have asked us to do it in Essex. Um, so it's they have asked us to speak at this national conference. Mm. They have asked us to go down Essex and set up a pilot scheme and stuff like that. And we're in talks about it. But what I don't want to be is a head of a massive organisation. I'd rather sort of franchise it. So. Mm. They, we get some money and Sunderland would always be sort of the base of it all yeah. and I don't have to work in Essex like, I would have to for a little bit but all this is just things that may happen in the future yeah. it's not what I want but I need the money to pay for this building and if if that if that's what I need to do I don't mind prostituting myself out in, in that sense <laughs> in, the, in that sense before you before you start with your marine you stuff you said you wouldn't mention how we met <laughs> well you br- how did you bring that up how we met so if if you'd li- like to talk about how we did meet, no. are you alright talking about oh, it? Of course, eh? So the charity I worked for, um, there was a guy in the IT department, and uh, he said like, "Oh, I know this lad, and he's having a few problems. He's a he's a ex forces." Mm. So I got made contact with you, and then we had, we had a few chats, yeah. and we met each other, and that, and how how did that all work out? It worked out well. I'm in a in a better place now. I mean, um, we're going back what. Four years. It might even be more, is it? Wait yeah. a minute, so... Yeah. Think, oh, it'd be four years, four. Roughly four years, so... I know that, because it's, it's when I realised, or somebody told me, um, that I was suffering from depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. Um, and it was to do with my lifestyle. Not my lifestyle per se, 
but my life, it was just too busy. Mm. Um, and I had so much on and so many influences and strong influences in my life. Um, uh, from the people I work with to the customers to, you know, to, to everything that was going on around me. And, um, yeah, uh, I had been diagnosed roughly at that time with, um, anxiety and depression which was hard for me to it was actually my sister that first told me you need to go and talk to somebody Steve I, I sat down I, I poured my heart out to her and uh, she said you need to go and talk to somebody Steve I said what do you mean I'm talking to you <laughs> and she says well you've got depression said, fuck off said, fuck off I'm a life and soul no man I haven't got, a, I haven't got <laughs> depression she's not Steve please go and talk to somebody um, so she gave me a number uh, of, of somebody that she knew you, she knew had had, had um, in fact, I don't think Rebecca would mind me mentioning that she'd gone through a similar yeah. situation. She'd gone through depression. And she gave me the number um, of Sunderland um, self-referral, part of the NHS for, for mental, mental well-being. And I rang them up and cried like a frigging baby on the phone because I suddenly accepted yeah. uh, where I was. Um, and the time, I, I, I'll never, uh, the reason we want to do so much for you guys, or I personally do, is because there's a few people that helped me through that. My sister did, my wife certainly did, um, and you did. And being able to talk to people, and, and Jeanette Winchester, who, um, who, who was, who, who was my therapist at the time, she was a wonderful lady um, that helped me through it. Um, and I think that's one of the things that is so important is talking to people. You know, and there's all these campaigns on mm. telly now. We let's talk, and yeah. but it's true. You know, pick up the phone and. Bring your mate. It, it doesn't matter who you talk to. You've got to talk. Mm. Um, it's the first initial. I don't. Know, the first initial chat. You know, you feel. I don't know. You feel a bit weak. You know, you, that breaking that silence. You. You. This is me personally. Yeah. I felt a little bit weak and a little bit. You know, people's gonna think I'm a fucking knob, really. Yeah. You know, by saying it, but I think once the first time you see it. I think it's all right, man. Uh, yeah. And the, the more people who do it, it's better. Yeah. Like, there's far too many people kill themselves. I, it kills I me. Mean, it, all, people do that. Uh, all you, that's all you hear about now. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think one of the things that I come to accept is that when people do take their own lives with depression, I don't see it. So somebody will say to me, "How did they die? They committed suicide." I said, "Well, what? Why? Oh, they had they had severe depression." I said, "Well." actually died of depression mm. it's the depression that's killed them that's made them and pushed them to that because if they didn't have that it's unlikely they would have done what they did and i mm. think it's terrible that there's not enough help and support not just for veterans for anybody out there because um it's it it creeps up on you and you don't know it's coming i mean they call it the black dog mm. and the bastard still visits me i'll still get days and i'll even say it to some of the people at work who who do know what i went through or, or you know like my brothers are or some of the guys who I, who, I, who I was able to open up to, and certainly I was telling my wife, Gainer, I'm having a bad day today. And, but I think the biggest thing is knowing that it's not going to always be a bad day. Mm. And, and one thing I would say to anybody that is going through it is it is going to get better. And ironically, I believe I'm a stronger person for going through what I went through mm. um, because it was hard waking up every day and not wanting to get out of bed not wanting to face the world. The hardest thing was to be in the same room as anybody else, not wanting to do that, and every day fighting to, to, to go through that pain and anguish, which it was, um, that you thought was never going to end, mm. but it does end. And I think talking to people was, and talking to you, Joe, you helped me massively. And Thanks I never so much, it's 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 so important that people do open up and talk, even if it's just to your mates on Facebook. Mm. I mean, I, I'm a member of some uh, some groups that are like all bootnecks, and we have that camaraderie mm. as as any unit does. And even just now, it's becoming such a big thing that people do talk about it and seeing people sharing their stories, and everybody just jumps in. I saw one the other week, and it was it was like, guys, I'm on me low. I've been kicked out of my house. I'm doing it, and this guy's saying, you only live ten miles away from me. I've got a spare bedroom. You know, he'd been kicked out on the street by his yeah. missus and this guy's offering him a bed because he'd reached out. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that's so important. 
That's the, the only way it'll happen if people speak. Because yeah. not, not anybody picks up. You were lucky your sister picked up on it, you know, because yeah. of her experiences. Yeah. But not everyone picks up on it, you know. Some some people think you're just fucking miserable, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That's the long and short of it, you know. I am that as well, though. Oh, no, I didn't mean you personally. <laughs> I, you are, now you're miserable. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is important that, that people do talk. It is good. And in this building, we have people coming in, chatting all day long with other people and you know and that's the type of thing shared experiences yeah. and you, you even to the little things like um or i'm tapping this tablet for depression or whatever mm. and it's d and this to us and then someone else will oh it did that to me so the doctor changed it to this other one and i was much better and yeah. you know little things like that and and just to know that you're not the only person that it's happened to i think that's a massive thing like it's huge it's huge because when when i very first rang that number you you said your experience mm-hmm. was um, when you when you had that, we, we rang that number, mm. and it felt strange for me. It was quite the opposite because I wanted. I'm one, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, but I'm always a great believer in knowing where the I need to, I need an answer. You didn't so Google all the time, do you? Oh fucking hell! I've got a bad head. Oh, I've got a brain damage. I've got brain damage. <laughs> um, but I, I needed an answer, and I'm all, I've always been like that. So when I picked that phone up, it was almost like. Right. Okay. What now? What, what now? Right. What tablets do I take? Mm. What do I need to do? And when? When am I going to be better? Uh. It's it's not like that because everybody's different. Um, everybody is very very different. Everybody's situation is different. Some people need medication and should take the doctor's advice. I chose not to because my therapist said, "Please don't, Steve. I think it'll be harder to get mm. off than it will get on." But that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Um, and some people take a lot longer, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a everybody's story and, and journey is different mm. because some people have gone through some traumas that you know other people might not even get through. Um, but yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you, how do you feel? I know you have bad days, but life's better now, isn't it? It's a lot better now, um, and I look at life differently. I appreciate life better. I've got regrets. Well, not regrets. I don't think you should have regrets. But I would have done things different if um, I'd gone through what I'd gone through earlier. Mm. But I went through what I'd gone through because what I'd done. So that wasn't going to happen. I think working as hard as I did has robbed me of some of things in my life that I would have liked to have done. Working so hard and, and putting myself under so much pressure to get where I want to be, to give my family the things I wanted them to have, well, actually, there was probably things I could have given them rather than working that hard, mm. like better memories, maybe. Yeah. Or, so it's it, 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 I am in a much better place for it, though, because of what I've been through. And now when I have bad days, I know it's going to be okay. I never wake up anymore and go, I'm in this horrible, dark corner feeling like somebody's pushing me down. If I wake up like that, I can actually shake myself up quite a bit, or shake myself around mm. quite quickly, and the day won't be as bad as it would have been, and I know tomorrow's going to be all right. Brilliant. So. Well, it's a bit of a, you know, I've got a bit of a team. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, think, I think it's fucking here, Fever, so I'll not be flying <laughs> any jets. So we're hopefully going to be buying this building. Mm-hmm. And we've set uh, set out on a crowdfunding thing experience. It's something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. This comes out on Thursday, so it started yesterday, right? right? <laughs> Time lapse. <laughs> um, so the crowdfunding is there's a hashtag, and it's hashtag Veterans Helping Veterans, right? Um, and we're also doing sort of a media campaign of videos and tweets and things like that so I'll speak to Phil at Vanex and send our stuff over yeah definitely we've got definitely. a press release for you anything we can do to put on uh, yeah. but also we'll fill us some, some their videos and stuff like that yeah. we're hoping to get some famous people today do you know any famous people who might do not really apart from yourself <laughs> <laughs> no and, and hopefully that'll that'll kick start well it'll definitely it'll kick start next Wednesday right. so keep an eye out for that uh, it's on Twitter Facebook LinkedIn Instagram Um when we finish, we normally have a piece of music. Right. So what was your favourite song or what kind of music would you like at the end? Uh, I've been thinking all the way through, what's that uh, What's that tune that they play at the borough when, uh, when the match is on? I don't know, I don't like football. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, ooh. I'm a big fan of Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, all right. So, um, oh, 
another brick in the wall. <laughs> Fucking there, you're gone. <laughs> it's definitely. Yeah. Let's stop. Let's stop yeah, this yeah. estate getting built. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly knocked them down. Yeah. Right, that'll uh, do it for me. Aye, hey, look, I really appreciate you coming in. I've had an excellent, proper good laugh. You Have you? Yeah. Would really? you? Would you like to come on again? Uh, I don't know. If you, if, only if you get desperate. Well, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. So we we are putting more money into the thing, and we're going to have three things. So why don't you bring your mate with a big nose on? Well, Chaz. Well, we'll sit him there. So oh. he's so he's that way. No, you, you haven't got a lens big enough to get his nose in. <laughs> let's let's do it. Put, aye, bring aye, your Chaz mate on. Aye. He's in the he's uh, he's in the place now though. Oh for fuck's sake! Well, you have that's to get rid of all the dodgy hoodies. <laughs> that's no good, is it? In fact, if he's sitting now, he get his nose out the window. Can't <laughs> Class, I, we'll, when, we, when we do that, we'll do that then. We'll yeah, get the three of us on. Alright, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks, Joe. Oh. Oh. Really enjoy that one. That's really it. good, I Alright. Oh, you're just a. Another break in the